Welcome to part three of five of The Catalyst, how to change anybody's mind by allowing them to self-persuade themselves in your direction towards your business, towards your bank account with their results. Today, we broke down distance. Part one, if you haven't listened, go listen. Part two, if you haven't listened, go listen. Today was part three. So we covered reactance in part one. We covered uh, endowment in part two. And today we covered distance and it is incredible. And so strap in, I'm about to cue the intro, get your notebook ready and go understand how to find the movable middle and make sure that people are constantly stepping one step closer into your world towards their results, which will increase your revenue and increase your referrals. And so we cover that and so much more in today's episode. So let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today, we're gonna hit part three of five of my breakdown of The Catalyst, a book by Jonah Berger that I've been breaking down. Now, if you are just finding this episode because somebody shared today's episode, because somebody sent this to you, because you're watching this, there are two previous parts to this episode. There was part one, which we covered reactants. And then there was part two, which we covered endowment. And then today is part three, where we're gonna cover distance. And by this point, you should own the book. You should be reading along with the book and you should be implementing all of the things that I've said, all of the things I've shared into your business already. See, people come to me all the time and say, George, what do you do? George, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I empower entrepreneurs to deepen their love affair with their customers. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, thanks for asking. It means that I use the power of relationships to help you ethically build and scale your business to have a maximum impact while getting results for your clients. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. You can make a million dollars, $10 million, $20 million by actually caring because business is built on the back end. It's built on retention. And once that world is designed, it's about filling your world. But if what you're doing, if the marketing that you're using, if the messaging that you're using is actually pushing your customers further away, then you're never going to get them into that world. And so in this five-part series, what I'm breaking down are the five biggest reasons that people will not join your world. The five biggest reasons why they will not buy from you, why they will not follow you, why they will not opt in, and how it's super simple to stand out in a crowded world of marketing by simply asking different questions and understanding why you're doing what you're doing and how it's being received on the other side. And so today we're going to get into part three of this series. And today is all about distance. It is all about distance. And remember in Jonah's example or in his act, uh, is it an acronym? Maybe. I don't know. In his phrase, I think it's an acronym. Yeah, it's an acronym. In his acronym, REDUCE, number one is REACTANCE. Number two is ENDOWMENT. Number three, D, is DISTANCE. Number four is UNCERTAINTY. And number five is COOPERATING EVIDENCE. We've covered REACTANCE. We've covered ENDOWMENT. And today, we are going to cover DISTANCE. And I'm going to get right into it because this is actually one of my favorite topics when it comes to customer journey, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to messaging, because understanding this breaks everything down in such a simple manner, and it makes it so easy to make a couple of shifts. 
And so before we get started, I'm going to take a sip of my Lemoncello LaCroix, which by the way, if you've never had, tastes like lemon cake. It's absolutely incredible. And we're going to get into today's episode. But as always, I have to ask, and I'm going to keep asking and keep asking. And so please, I would love to not sound like a broken record anymore and do my own ad reads on the podcast, but I need your help. If you are listening to this and you have not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're subscribed to the podcast, but you have not reviewed it, could you please, from the bottom of my heart, please leave me a review. It helps more people find it, but actually it helps guests that I reach out to, like big name guests, decide if they should come on my show because they base their choice to come on my show based on how many reviews that I have. And the bigger the guests I get, typically the more they ask. And so the more reviews you can give me, the better it helps me position myself to get these people or their publicist to agree to look at the show so I can do my magic to get them on the show and then extract their genius. And that's what I need your help with. And then as always, please, please send the episode to a friend. Please tell a couple people about the podcast. Tell them about our world. Send them to the website. But help spread this good message because movements only work if the people inside of them are a part of them. And so now, let's get into part three of five. Part three of five is about distance. It is about distance. And what does he mean by distance? It's typically the distance that has to be covered from where somebody is to where we want them to go. And so remember, when we're talking about these reasons that people get stuck and then creating a catalyst for change or a container or an event or a series of circumstances that allow somebody to change, distance is one of the things that gets in the way. And what he means by that is how far away the achievable goal is or the momentum is or the feeling of something working is from where they currently are. So when we're understanding distance, what we're doing is we're starting with a place of agreement and pivoting from there to switch the field. So connecting to these parallel directions should move them enough to see the initial topically differently. And so when we think about why somebody gets stuck, why do they get stuck? Because people have an anti-persuasion system. And so that means if somebody's favorite color is red and we tell them that today they have to go to blue or they have to go to green or they have to go to black, they are not going to be open. They're going to dig in. It's going to create that reactance. They're going to think about all the ways they love blue and how they don't want to change. And then it seems so far away from where they are to go to one of those other colors. The distance is literally making it worse. Like, no, it would take forever. Rebranding, doing blank. And so we have to understand that when we are marketing, when we're messaging, when we're communicating, any of these five things could be getting in the way of somebody making a decision or stepping in the right direction. And so people have this innate anti-persuasion system. And even when we provide information, sometimes it backfires. And the biggest barrier after the first two that we covered is distance. Reactance is when it creates defensiveness. Endowment is when they start looking at all the reasons they should keep doing it like they're doing it. And then distance is the third one. And the distance is how far it seems out of their current realm of acceptance to move in that direction. And so when we think about distance, what he says is that if new information is within people's zone of acceptance, they're willing to listen. But if it is too far away, in the region of rejection, everything flips. Communication is ignored or even worse, increases opposition. And so what, I, what does he mean by this? So I love this term. I teach this all the time, the zone of acceptance. 
it means that if I have a particular set of habits, right? Let's say it's a working out I'm talking about, and I'm, I love running. I've been addicted to running and running and running. And if you come up to me and tell me that running is killing me and I shouldn't run anymore and I should go do strength training, I'm going to say no. And it's going to increase what we talked about in part one, the reactance in my body. It's going to trigger my anti-persuasion system. And then I'm going to start looking for all of the evidence as why I should keep running. And then I'm going to dig in even further. But if you came up to me and you talked about how if I keep running, but if I add this one component of strength, it will increase my ability to run, that I would consider to be in my zone of acceptance because it's not taking anything away from me, but it's telling me that if I try something, it might help my running. Now, I know that once I get you to strength train and I really wouldn't want you running anymore, I would start to be able to take that strength training and add more and add more and reduce running and hopefully get a result. But if I go right from stop running and start training, it's an immediate no. But if I'm like, keep running and then add a little bit of training, it goes from this zone of rejection into this zone of acceptance. And that's what he calls the movable middle. And so people search for, interpret, and favor information in a way that confirms or supports their existing beliefs. And so when ideas or information come in, People compare it to their existing views. They consider and weigh it to understand how it fits into their existing beliefs. If it falls within their zone of acceptance, it gets the seal of approval. It's marked as trustworthy, safe, and dependable, and it shifts people in that direction. But if the ideas or information falls in the region of rejection, it faces deeper scrutiny. It's seen as unreliable, anecdotal, and erroneous, or even worse, ignored completely, and shifts attitudes in the opposite direction. And so what this basically is saying is that when you're talking to a customer or to your avatar or to anybody in your life, if you are not aware of where they are and how far away of where they are to where they currently want to go or you want them to go, you're most likely without realizing it, going to actually increase the difficulty of getting them to change without understanding the difference that has to be covered or the distance that has to be covered. And so I like to think of this analogy on like a field, right? And so I look at where my ideal customer is at the starting line, and I call that zero. And then I look at where I want them to be, and let's call that the 100. And this is how I build customer journeys, because it starts the moment that somebody has their first touch point with us. And so I know that if you call me and you're like, George, I really want to design customer journeys for all of my programs. And I'm like, amazing. How many do you have? And you're like, none. And I go right from, oh yeah, we're going to do this, 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 and this. It's a game over because that's trying to get you from the zero to the 100. And you already don't feel good because you don't have the customer journeys. So instead, I know the only way to get you to the 100 is to first find your zone of acceptance. And so let's say your zone of acceptance is out to the 10. Well, I can stand at the 20 and I can ask you to step to the 10. And then once you're at the 10, you're already in momentum and in motion and your zone of acceptance probably goes from the 10 to the 30. And then you walk to the 30 and then it goes from the 30 to the 60. And then when you get to the 60, I'm like, look how close you are to the 100 and you see the 100. And so what we're looking for is the movable middle. And there's a very important distinction here. The movable middle is not determined by you. 
The movable middle is determined by your ideal customer or the person you're talking to, and it's your job to meet them there. And so, yeah, I'd love to say that if I'm at the 100 and you're at the zero, the movable middle is 50, but that's not up for me to decide. That's up for you to decide. And I have to mal myself malleable, make myself malleable and morph myself into that by understanding that. And so for you, it might be the 10. For somebody else, it might be the one. And for me, it's my job to come meet you where you are and have a path or a plan to get you where you want to go by finding you in what he calls the movable middle. And so there's a couple ways to mitigate distance. And I have four of them that I use that he talks about, and I just alluded to one. So number one, what is the first way to mitigate distance? It is to find the movable middle. And so he gives examples that says, when dealing with issues that people feel strongly about, start by finding the movable middle. Individuals who, by virtue of their existing positions, are more likely to shift because they're not so far away to begin with. And so I use the example of the runner. If you want to help a runner run less to decrease strain on their body and increase longevity of life, but you tell them to stop running and start training, strength training, they're not going to like it. But if you can tell them to keep running and say, God, your running is incredible. And by the way, if we add straight leg deadlifts to this twice a week, it's actually going to increase your strength and your endurance for running, but I'm going to need you to run about an hour less. And so we have to train the same, but we have to pull out some running. They would be a lot more agreeable into that situation. I'll give you another example. I used to be a paleo food blogger. And the number one question people would ask is, how do I start paleo? And the first thing everybody would recommend is throw out all the bad food in your pantry. But they never understood why when they told people to do it, the people never stuck with paleo. They never came back. They never wanted to keep going. And it's because that literally was so far from where they were, they either threw it all out and then was overwhelmed with shame and went right back to the old triggers. Or they're like, I'm not throwing away $1,700 of food. You're out of your mind. And so not once in my career did I ever tell anybody to throw away their food. I actually went the opposite way. And they said, well, how do I start paleo? And I said, I just want you to pick one meal a day and replace it with a paleo meal. And here's the staples of paleo. And so don't go to the store and buy 85 things. Just buy the things you need for that one thing. And if you want to take it up a level is when you buy those things and you put them in your pantry, when you put coconut flour in your pantry, you can also remove the other flour and donate it. And so what I would do is I would break it down so that it was never overwhelming. But what I was really doing was finding the movable middle and collapsing what felt like this massive amount of distance. Because who wants to throw away an entire pantry and then have to go to the store to refill the entire thing? It's overwhelming. And so I didn't ask them to. I just said, pick a recipe for this week and then buy what you need for that recipe. And then when you're putting it away, put it in your pantry, put it in your refrigerator. And if it replaces something that isn't paleo, remove it and then continue to do this until eventually your entire kitchen is set up for you to win. So that's one example about finding the movable middle, okay? Number two, what is the second way to remove distance? And the second way to remove distance is to ask for less. And so when you get somebody to agree to a small related ask, it moves people in the right direction. So this means that the final ask, which once 
would have been too far away was now within the zone of acceptance. And so what that means is that if I try to get you to commit to walking from the zero to the 50, you're going to say no. But if I get you to commit to walking from the zero to the five with a small ask, and then the five to the 20 with a small ask, and then the 20 to the 50, that becomes a much easier yes, because I now have momentum on my side. And you've actually loosened your endowment because you're in movement. There's no more reactants happening in your body because you're moving forward. And you've already covered a lot of the distance that was afraid that you were afraid of or they were afraid of in the first place. So now the yes gets really, really easy. So when people move their position on their field, their zones and their regions move with them. So consequently, rather than being squarely in the reason of rejection, the final ask is now more in their zone of acceptance, which makes them more likely to go in that direction. And so that's what I was explaining earlier. If you've never done it, if you've never run before, and I tell you to go run 10 miles, you will not do it. It will not feel good. But if you've never run before on day one, I say, hey, we're not even going to run. We're just going to walk for 10 minutes. And then the next day, I'm like, no, no, we're going to walk again for 12 minutes. And the next day, I'm like, hey, we're going to walk for 12, but then three times for 30 seconds, we're going to run. So it'll be right around 14 minutes. And then it's going to be, hey, we're going to run for a minute, walk for a minute. Okay, cool. Hey, we're going to run for five minutes, walk for five minutes. Hey, we're going to run for 10 minutes, walk for five minutes. Hey, we're going to run for 15 minutes, walk for 10. And I'm like, oh, by the way, just so you know, today when you did the 15, 10, you ran over a mile. And then they keep going. And so what happens is that the more somebody gets into momentum or heads in the direction of where we want them to go, or they said they wanted to go, the greater their regions or zones open up to accept new things. And so that's why once you find the movable middle, what you're doing is you're finding the thing that's going to get them to start the race. And then once they start the race and you have these small asks, it gets them into momentum, which opens up their zone of acceptance, which allows greater commitments, deepens their endowment to the new way, and then keeps them into momentum. The third way, the third way to remove the distance or to mitigate the distance is to switch the field to find an unsticking point. And so the only example I'm going to give here is I'm going to talk about politics, right? I'm going to talk about politics because it's a very hot topic. You know, red, blue, left, right, boom, 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 and people fight about it all the time. If at any point somebody tries to convince somebody to go from one side to the other or from one topic to the other, it is game over. It's game over the amount of polarity and tension that exists in the world, right? People ask me all the time, George, how come all of your friends are all of different political affiliations or different belief systems or different backgrounds? And like, you love them and they love you and your beliefs don't match. And it's always because I switch the field. I always switch the field because I always look to find something that I have in common with somebody else. And so if somebody comes to me with a really hot topic, if they get really upset at me, if I trigger them with my content, which happens all the time, they'll come attacking me and I can't change their mind by attacking back. So what I do is I change the field. And typically somebody can attack me for not agreeing with how I do marketing. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I can totally hear you. And I was like, you know what I love? I love how open and honest you were 
and how you were able to give me such good feedback. I hear some personal development language in your stuff. Have you done like WorldWorks or Landmark or whatever? That's one example, right? And then they're like, oh my God, I totally have, right? I've had the same thing with politics. I don't have political affiliation. Quite frankly, I hate most of everything that I see. I don't agree with most of it. I feel like we should take hybrids and people should put fucking heart back into everything that they do. But people come at me all the time trying to get a rise out of me or, or talk about this or fight about this. And when they do, I love it because I'll listen and then I'll find a common ground. And I had this happen with a gentleman uh, when I was in Tennessee. And for whatever reason, I was hyped up about like talking about politics and it was at the airport. It's kind of crazy. And, uh, and I was like, I was kind of trapped. And so he was asking me to talk to him and talk to him. And I, I wasn't really engaging, but he wasn't getting the hint that I didn't want to engage and I didn't want to fight. And so he was basically coming at me and I saw a wedding ring on his finger. I'm like, Hey man, like, I love it. Hey, you married? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you have kids? He's like, oh, I totally have kids. I'm like, oh, that's incredible. I'm like, how many kids do you have? He starts talking. I'm like, oh, me too. I'm like, I have a five-year-old and a 17-year-old. Turns out we had kids of the same ages. And then with that, I was like, hey, man, like I heard what you're saying. I was like, boom. And it calmed his energy down. And then we actually started talking and realized we were super, super agreeable, but he was triggered. And so when we say switch the field to an unsticking point is what we're saying is that rather than starting with a tough issue that seems divisive or a sticking point, like politics or freedom or all the other stuff that's happening right now, deep canvassing starts with common ground. And what that means is that it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to understand that if this game that we're playing on the field is not going to be won, that we need to switch it to a different field and find a point that everybody else can rally around. And quite frankly, I truly believe that this can always be done because the field that I always switch it to is humanity. It's literally basic relationships. It's that time matters. It's that life matters. It's that people matter. And quite frankly, if I ever switch any conversation to those fields and the person doesn't want to acknowledge me or engage, it is not a conversation that I want to have in the first place. And so the third way to remove distance is to switch the field to find an unsticking point, right? And all we're simply saying is there's no point in trying to fight fire with fire, energy with energy. But what we can typically do as a responsible leader and understanding what's happening on the other side is if there's a hot topic or a hot button, one of the easiest diffusion mechanisms to find a different field to then create a connection and shared ground. And then from that place, re-engage into what would have been a sticking point, but now is a topic of conversation. So that is number three. And then the fourth way, which is actually a really powerful thing that we do in customer journey all the time. The fourth way is to actually acknowledge their progress and speak to their future. And so I will give you a tangible example about this, right? One of my favorite things to do is future casts. When I'm designing and building customer journeys, somebody buys a product from mine, somebody signs up for something, or even when I'm on a sales call, I did it today on a sales call for a very big deal that I just closed. And one of the things that I said, I was like, hey, man, like, I just want to congratulate you. I know you committed, but the work is already done because it's easy from this point out and we're already heading in that direction. And he's like, yeah, man, thanks. And he got super excited. And so when I sell products to people, if I'm selling them a supplement, one of the first emails that I send, even though their supplement hasn't even shipped yet, is like, oh, my God, how does it feel to already be sleeping better? Your product just hasn't arrived to take it yet. 
But the truth is, is that most people don't commit to something different and you already did. And as soon as I pop this in the box and it gets to your house, your sleep is guaranteed. What that's called is future pacing, future casting. But it's also acknowledging the person for even being open to the conversation, for being open to the transaction, for buying the product, for signing up for an email list, and for subscribing to the podcast, because that's still required that they took a step in a new direction. And the more you can acknowledge them for them making the right decisions, the more empowered they feel. And people love when you help them be their best self. And so you get to highlight the ways in which they already agree or are already moving in that direction. That is a really, really easy way. There's also like an author, like I, I saw this in the front of a book. It's like, congratulations, whether you realize it or not, simply by picking up this book, you have taken the first of what I hope will be many steps to reclaiming your physical health, well-being, and happiness. And so when we think about distance, distance is a very big one that gets in the way of people's habits. And I remember I used to weigh 270 pounds, 266 pounds to be exact. And I'm only 5'7". Like I'm 197 right now. And I'd say like my fighting weight is like 185. But I'll never forget when I got that heavy and I got out of the wheelchair, the Marine Corps came up to me and said, they're going to kick me out if I don't lose basically like 100 pounds. And I remember that I froze, like froze for a week. I didn't actually do anything. I ate more. I didn't get going. And luckily, my physical therapist was an angel. And she knew what I needed to do and knew how hard it was. And I was also relearning how to walk at that same time because I just finished the sixth surgery on my legs. I was still in a wheelchair. But she knew if I focused on food and weight loss, I was screwed. And so she came every day and got me to walk, walk for five minutes, walk for 10 minutes, walk barefoot, then put barefoot shoes on and just kept me in momentum and kept me going and increasing what I was doing every single day as my zones got wider and wider. And then sure as shit, before you knew it, nine months later, I'd actually lost the weight. And not once did I think about losing weight. I cover this in another podcast from a book, Atomic Habits from James Clear, uh, but talking about environmental design and changing my identity, which Benjamin Hardy talks about as well. And so by changing my identity into I'm active and I walk, it actually shifted the focus, put me on a different field instead of thinking about, oh, I'm bulimic and I have food issues. How am I ever going to stop eating to, oh, let's just talk about movement and walking. And what naturally happened is my momentum increased and I felt better when I ate cleaner. And so I fixed the food without fixing the food because she was able to change the field and then collapse the distance from I had to lose 100 pounds to I just had to walk for five minutes today and 10 minutes today. And so when we think about why people get stuck, remember reduce, number one, reactants, we covered it. It's when we're trying to tell people what to do, trying to push them. And so when we push, it increases the anti-persuasion system and they push back, which deepens them in. And then we have endowment. And endowment is how invested people are in what they're already doing. And then we have distance. And distance, as we covered today, is how far out of their zone of acceptance where we want them to go is. And with today, our job is to find the movable middle. And this is really one of the specialties of customer journey. This is all I teach at our events. This is why when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I build customer journeys, this is what I focus on. Because this is the greatest asset that creates permanent change for your customers. And it just so happens they get more results, you get more revenue, 
and more referrals because of those results. And it's by understanding these five, as he calls them, the horsemen's or the kingsmen of inertia and why people are acting. And so part one, we covered reactants. Part two, we covered endowment. Part three, today, we covered distance. Next, we're going to cover uncertainty and then cooperating evidence. And so I'd highly recommend if you haven't already, you pick up the book, The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. You go read these chapters. He gives specific examples, tells you how to do it, how to apply it. There's multiple ideas from multiple businesses on how to apply this into your business. And so I want you to do that. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you've subscribed to the show. If you haven't listened to part one and two and you'd like to jump out of order because you're a rebel like me, go for it. But go back and listen to parts one and two and then keep your eyes peeled for parts four and five. And we have a surprise that's going to go up with these podcasts on a special page on my website. So if you're hearing this, you should probably shoot me a message on Instagram with the phrase customer journey um, and say, George, what's the customer journey surprise? Or what's that customer journey thing you're talking about? Or why are you opening this loop for me right now? And it's because I literally just finished creating a training that I've never given away. I literally am going to put it on the page for you and it will single-handedly skyrocket what happens with your customer journey. And I'm totally, totally bribing you to listen to the next two episodes about this because when you take the training that I'm making for you and you apply it with these five episodes, you are going to be untouchable. So if you want it, you know what to do. And if you don't, you still know what to do. But either way, I'm going to close up shop for the day. This was part three of five of the series on the catalyst and how to change anybody's mind by becoming the catalyst for them to persuade their self into the direction you want them to go while giving you all of the credit. So today was distance. So without further ado, I'm going to cue the outro. But remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, I'm out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.